Gimli from Star Wars. Yeah. You know, the, um, the short blue and white dwarf from, from space mm-hmm. uh, who offers Luke Skywalker his axe and then sits in the back seat of his space aeroplane. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, it's Gimli, isn't it? Yeah. It's a sort of Gimli. Imagine if every film legally had to have a Gimli in it. Like contractually. That's a lot of work for John Rhys Davies. Oh, it doesn't have to be him, just a character who is spiritually a Gimli. Oh, I thought you meant hidden, like the Osborne duck. Or, um, or the stripy man. Who's the Gimli of the Avengers? Well, there is there is a isn't there a a space dwarf who builds Thor a new hammer? Oh, but yeah, but he's that, massive. Yeah, he's vast. Oh yeah. I seem to remember him being quite genial as well. Isn't he played by Gimli? By? No, um, Peter Dinklage. Yes, it is. I seem to remember him being quite funny in it. Wasn't there a massive cat as well? I don't know about the massive cat. Mm. I do I do remember the door. Anyway, the reason we're talking about films, welcome, listener, to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week by James Bond. Hello. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for yeah. playing my theme. And Gimli from Star Wars. Uh, may my axe be with you. Oh my god! Um, and uh, we're yeah, we're talking about films because this week the theme is um, games Gimli. based. The theme is Gimli. And <laughs> Love that. Um, You're being irrelevant. Uh, uh, with, well, the theme is going to be sort of, um, games based on films and indeed films based on games, possibly, because there are a couple and they're terrible. Um, uh, but before we get into that, as is tradition, uh, how are you this week, lads? A-OK. How was your holiday, Nate? Yeah, it was good. It was good. I won't surprise you what happened in it. That's right. There was a lot of fish tanks. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was nice. It was sitting around in my house, but, but differently. I saw you had a, uh, sort of an invader in one of your tanks that you were struggling to identify. Yes. Yeah. I saw that. Oh, that was dark. Actually, that oh, was absolutely it? dark. Yeah. I, um, well, nothing bad transpired, but it was eerie. I was cleaning, um, when I got a new tank, growing in. I put a load of floating vegetation in there, a mixture of Amazon frog bit and dwarf water lettuce, one of Gimli's favourites, um, to soak up excess nutrients in the water column so there's not an algae bloom. And sorry, I'm just talking about aquarium maintenance. Anyway, yeah. uh, the tank was doing fine, so I cleared a load of it out and there was this thing on the glass that was like 
it looked like it was flat and it had this sort of spiral tail and it was translucent like a tiny baby stingray, but it obviously wasn't a fish. Um, I, I could not work out for the life of me what it was until the spiral tail fell off and I realized that was a snail shell and it had its weird eyeless head on the inside, drinking it like Daniel ah. Plainview drinks a milkshake. Ah. It, uh, it turned out that was um, a duck leech. Oh. What's a duck leech? It's a type of duck that drinks your blood but isn't Count Duckula. Um no, it's the other arrangement of the concepts. It is a little leech um, that usually feed off ducks, and they travel from pond to pond on the legs of ducks. But I tell you this, there's never been a duck in that fish tank. Well, you do hear horror stories about like aquariums that get coral that have some kind of hideous eel that... like. Oh, you're thinking of polychaete worms, yeah. Yeah, that they hide in the coral at night and then are really difficult to get rid of and you never see them and like fish will just be disappearing from your tank and you don't know why. Oh yeah, I bloody love polychaete worms, but I would not like to have one. They are nightmares. You don't get that so much in freshwater, but you do get unusual hitchhikers, especially when you buy plants uh, from disreputable sources. Um, so yeah, anyway, I've got the leech in a little cup of water now. I have a look at him every day. Um, might give him a snail, see what happens. Oh no! This is how every horror yeah. film starts. There's a creature oh, yeah. that you didn't you didn't ask for, and then it it grows, and your relationship with it kind of deepens. Um, or it could be Little Shop of Horrors, which is you know delightful, really. Um, that's quite fun, isn't it? Well, apart from all the the feeding the plant, your friends, um, it's quite fun. Oh, that'd be amazing—a remake of Little Shop of Horrors, but it's me and a leech. <laughs> Feed me, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's use that as a jumping-off point. How would you make a game of Little Shop of Horrors? Oh, uh, it's got like virtual pet game written all over it. It's like a very advanced Tamagotchi, but also you have to cover up crimes. So it's half half virtual pet feeding the plant the limbs of people, half stealth murder game. Maybe? Or what's the one? There's one that's sort of like Vista Cleanup Detail. There's also one that I can't remember the, the name of it that um, it it's like a stealth cleaning game where you have to like clean up all the blood and evidence whilst also avoiding the cops. Oh, Party um, Hard. Is that it? No. Party. I will. There's a, I swear there's a game called Party Hard where you have to murder people at a party without people finding out. That is not at all what I just described, so oh, I don't right. know why. <laughs> Sorry, I have. M- Matthew just revealed <laughs> the most controversial game he played at university in real life. <laughs> spent the last sort of decade and a half covering up. Now it's going to be well, a big HBO documentary about me. I was like, what's that game where you, you play as a cleaner for the one you have to clean up the, the the crime scene and the blood and evidence while avoiding the cops and Matthew went, what about this thing that's totally different from that? <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, aren't there, um, you're our Sims, like, beast. Are there, um, yeah. I don't mean to call you a beast, I just meant to commend your knowledge of the Sims. Um, aren't there, like, people eating plants in that? 
There are, yeah, they're called cow plants and they are basically uh, kind of a, it's like a an Audrey, but with a, a cow sort of head almost. It's like, it's like a plant head in the shape of a cow and um, they eat sims. You can f- feed the cow plant and it, there's a chance it will eat your sim. And that I mentioned them in a, an article I wrote about um, the challenge modes that sims players create for for themselves which are like that you just add loads of hellish rules that you have to (laughs) obey arbitrarily and there's one that is semi-popular that's like uh it's called the decades challenge where you try and like hardcore rp your sims living through history one decade at a time um and when it gets to like any decade where there's war You have to um, send all the men. So, like in the 1910s and in the 1940s, you have to like send send your male Sims off to war. Uh, But there isn't war in the Sims, so it is send your male Sims off to cow plant. So every day you have to like basically cow cow plant does sound like a it could be like a place in France, doesn't it? True. Oh la vache. Um, <laughs> uh, so you have to to essentially roll your male sims being fed to the cow plant every day. You send them off to to feed the cow plant, and uh, and there's a chance they're going to get munched. Yeah, and if they get eaten, that's them dying in the war. Oh, oh sims God. is heavy. <laughs> that, but I mean, that's not something EA did. That's something that Sims players made up. You know. Oh yeah, but that's like you know giving a child a load of hammers, and when they batter someone, but oh, it's not. It's not saying hammers did. Yeah, I mean, there's. Oh, a, hang there's on, another... that's exactly right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there is another. There's another good segue via The Sims because the latest Sims DLC that was uh, just announced is the. I can't remember what it's called. It's like the Sims Star Wars tie-in TM. Um, uh, and it's a it's a stuff not a stuff pack it's a game pack where um you basically can go to a Star Wars planet that is almost one to one based on the Disneyland Resort Star Wars area <laughs> when you go to like Disneyland uh, and you can like make your own lightsaber and Kylo Ren's there and uh, I'm obviously going to get it because I like Star Wars and I like The Sims but also like nobody wanted this like nobody asked for it it's just ea (laughs) making cracking use of that star wars license again it's it's probably the last thing anyone in the sims community wanted like people wanted like jobs that you could go to and like you know like like uh, just school going to school and and stuff and but like they're like no have some star wars you plebs and i'm like yes thank you ea you know what I, I reckon will, would be I will a, take the Star Wars. What would be a good Sims uh, expansion in a similar vein? Mm. If um, if they did one called The Gims, oh. and it was just like the normal Sims, but the only character you can create is Gimli from Lord oh. of the Rings. I was thinking of the, the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. That's a very different game. <laughs> yeah. That is very different. I'd like a Sims Pulp Fiction crossover. The Sims, sex prisoners, yeah. <laughs> Bring out the Gims. The Gims are asleep. Prob- <laughs> we'll wake him up. 
You could probably do Pulp Fiction in this. One of the most popular Sims mods that's been created is called Wicked Whims, which is essentially like The Sims, but with shagging. Mm. So it just lets you do loads of sex stuff in The Sims and and things like that. But, uh, you know, yeah. Sims Sims community is just a load of perverts. Um, But, I mean... We're well into the the film's discussion now, but I'm going to do a sting, and then we can we can kind of properly officially start talking about games and films. Well, we've like been doing that thing where you sort of pick bits off a good roast before it's on the table. <laughs> yeah, let's put her on the gravy. Come on. Well, I don't know. Were, were either of you going to bring up any of the Star Wars anyway? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Which one? Um. I'll just in in general, the idea that that Ooh, is. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, there's some stinkers, but I can't think of any film property that has generated so many games. Mm. Um, and I would say, on average, the quality is pretty good. It's sort of, I guess, like how you can't really have, like, even if you didn't really like the Star Wars films, they're not like properly bad because there, there's too much talent involved in making them. You know, like everyone who worked on the Star Wars films, especially the most recent three, is probably really good at their job. You know, well, I always said but- that with the prequels. Like, even if you think. You know, they are a load of huff um, writing-wise. There's just there's, there's a lot to admire about them. I mean, it always in fact, it's just weird in general when people say, like, oh, the movie was a load of crap, it was just special effects. You heard that a lot in the early 2000s. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, I'll just tell that to all of the people who just broke their lives on a CGI cliff face for for years you know i mean that's stunning work that took real passion and, and dedication you just miss it as just special effects but i digress um do you have a favorite star war Tie-fighter. game yeah yeah love tie fighter really looking forward to um uh gimli squadron or whatever it's called the new the, the new ea one coming out yeah yeah squadron um, i think yeah, I got well excited about it um, when it was announced. And I haven't actually been keeping up on it um, because I didn't know whether I was going to be massively disappointed by its gradual divergence from the TIE Fighter successor I was hoping for. Um, I don't know. Do you know what's going on with that? I think I it's meant not. to be okay. People say that it is, it's surprisingly like the older games in terms of sort of simulating it a little bit in terms of like power management and that kind of stuff um so it's sort of i think somewhere halfway between that and the kind of arcadey monstrosity you'd probably imagine ea to make so i think it's actually okay Ooh, when's it out again oh soon just asking you to tell me the information yeah, yeah. i should be about i think it might be an october game isn't it feels like it let's just say that yeah, it's weird though. Good, all the good Star Wars games are not direct adaptations of Star Wars. They're mm. Star Wars set 
Unless there's one I'm miss, maybe le- well, Lego Star Wars aside, yeah, uh, which I'd say is actually quite a good movie tie-in game. But but there are there are game there has to be a game of most of the Star Wars films, not the new I can trilogy. I only think of like the uh, Super Star Wars. Oh, yeah, and they were okay then. actually. The yeah, the one on the SNES was all right. There was Jedi power battles on the the PlayStation. That was a that was a turd. Played <laughs> so a, much of it. So you're forgetting the pod racing game as well. Oh, we I had that on the N64, and cause yeah. I, rem- I remember when that was coming out. We were we were obviously kids. I remember standing outside the game shop, and it was playing on the, on the TV. And my mum humoured me and my brother by saying, "Oh." Well, that looks very exciting. And mm-hmm. then me and my brother tried to convince each other that that meant she wanted it for Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, can we? Can we do this? Can we get can we can we Incredible. get mum pod raiser for Mother's Day? <laughs> Did you? No, we didn't. We didn't fundamentally have the month like it was all a you know, it's like can we convince our stepdad to buy mum pod racing and we can play it? Of course she wouldn't like that. She's never played a video game in her life. <laughs> that is godlike. Very <laughs> Uh we did get it eventually and it was it was pretty good. It required the N64 expansion pack because it had so many graphics. But even that, oh I would God, say, is that's not... amazing. A, that's not a game of The Phantom Menace. It is a racing game inspired by an action sequence in The Phantom Menace. Yeah, but it's got all, it's got all your favourites, Sebulba and the others. Um, mm, he was the arms man, wasn't he? he no, was that's like yeah. a, Yes, that's right, yeah. He was like a really hench camel. With no legs. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That's such a weird thing. Greg Proops was the voice of the commentator in that, wasn't he? That's what I remember about pod racing. And the commentator had two heads. Yeah, and the other head was someone else, but one of the heads was Greg Greg Proops. Is this good encyclopedic knowledge of the Phantom Menace? I was like it was at a period where, you know, I'd, if there was a film I was excited for, I'd know everything about it, and so it was always like a real crushing disappointment when I eventually saw it. And you, you just have all this extra knowledge going. In. Oh man, I hate the Phantom Menace, but that's for another. No, it was piss. There's, there's no doubt. Um, but uh, I bought because I'm an idiot. It wasn't a PC game. I think I bought. Uh, Revenge the Sith on PlayStation 2 when I was at university. Uh, again, because I'd gone a bit Star Wars mad. I'm not even into Star Wars. I don't know what happened, really. Um, that was terrible. That was a terrible, like, beat em up thing, like a button masher, hack and slash. But I've always loved the idea of lightsabers. Like, it's just like mm. the best weapon because you can have cool sword fights and you can bounce bullets back at people. So. You know, in my head, as a video game thing, I've always mm. wanted, you know, I'll always play a game if someone says it's got a half decent lightsaber in it. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I think they, um, like when Xbox Connect was a new thing, like that was the motion sense thing. Did they do a lightsaber game for that, or did I just think they were missing a massive open they, goal? They by did not the dancing it? game for that. Do you remember that? 
that was Star Wars. Oh wasn't yeah. It? yeah, they did, that they was did weird. Dance Central Star Wars edition, and it was all like Han Solo boogieing to I don't know Maroon Five or something as he got but dro- it was... as he got frozen in carbonite. <laughs> it was like um, it was Star Wars versions of popular hits from the day. <laughs> so. So it was like the 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 Han Solo one is the famous one because it's like I'm Solo, I'm Han Solo, <laughs> but like a version of I can't remember which, what the actual song was called now. One absolute but, uh, cocaine idea. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolute oh no! Games which are cocaine ideas that should be a thing that's marked on the box just so you know. <laughs> Just a little discreet logo of a note. And you're like, oh, I see. <laughs> I, I tell you what was a massive missed opportunity, actually. Um, I, I just, I do want to quickly say that we're not accusing anyone of taking cocaine at any games companies, large or small. Uh, the- God, no, no. I don't think ever, that's ever happened. No, indeed. Uh, continue. Um, a game that I am still baffled doesn't exist. Um you remember Pacific Rim, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love I, Pacific Rim. Of course you do. That's grand, isn't it? Um, but the game of it, because there was a game, and it was just this sort of stodgy beat-em-up, I think. Um, and it just seemed like the most wasted opportunity ever, because, you know, that, now that came out when motion tracking did probably work. And you could have done basically like dance dance revolution <laughs> but you know even yeah e- even if you didn't want to do motion tracking you could have done it with a pad or whatever but in that movie the robos were controlled by two people doing stuff at the same time and mm. like if there was enough sexual tension between them <laughs> like i thought they were mostly father sons <laughs> <laughs> hey it's a weird film um <laughs> um well, no, the main characters really want to bang, isn't it? Um, no, but, yeah. they, no, because they're friends and that's why it's I good because they, they don't get together at the end. Oh, no, they don't. You're right. Okay. No, sorry, I'm wrong. No one actually... Oh, no, there's the um, the 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 Russian couple. They're a couple. Yeah. But that's not really sexual tension because they're married. Okay, so I'm wrong. But <laughs> um, it's still about synchronizing like steps and punches and that. And if you do it in enough synchronicity, the robo punches the lizards. And I think that would be amazing as a game Mm. to play with a friend and you'd be like, right, let's drift. And then you'd have someone doing a bad impression of Idris Elba, like barking about cancelling the apocalypse. And you'd be like, okay, left step, right step, punch. And then the lizards would burst. It'd be so good. I think it's a good idea on paper, but it feels like maybe one of those things that you'd be like, this is amazing and do twice. And then you go, do you want to drift? And then, now, and then. Now, now you say it, though, <laughs> you think that when they were making that f- film, at some point that they must have thought of like, I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if Dance Dance Revolution was an inspiration on how those cockpit scenes look. Because they are mm. that. I had never, I'd, I'd never really thought of it that way before. But they are, they've exactly the same energy as yeah. two kids absolutely storming in an arcade. Well, yeah. I genuinely often watch movies and think, if not, has this bit been designed with the game tie-in in mind? I think 
did they think about a level in a game they liked when working out their set piece? The classic example for me was the Orbit. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. The the, the three Hobbit films, because <laughs> um, there is that like ridiculous bloated sequence where they zoom down a river in barrels, <laughs> all of those Gimli's just like smashing into each other and doing sick jumps and stuff in barrels. And I thought, you know, this is so bad as a sequence. It can only exist for a barrel level to be made in the, the tying game. And then in the, the Goblin King's like underground building site when they're just like running across collapsing scaffolding and stuff and again there was no narrative purpose to it and no real tension to the scene it just felt like they'd all just sort of been trapped in a platform game for a minute and a half so there's a there's a really good um three-part youtube video essay on the hobbit and the production of the hobbit and what happened to it and stuff uh, and there's a Pacific Rim link because Guillermo del Toro did loads of pre-production work for like a year on it and stuff and then got canned. Um, uh, and it's it's by Lindsay Ellis. It's really good. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, and, and it even goes into like how the production of The Hobbit ruined labor laws in New Zealand and, and stuff. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved oh. to have seen Jilly T's Hobbit. Union busting, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Union nice. busting, nice. <laughs> uh, and it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, Guillermo del Toro's Hobbit would have been great. Um, I'm going to tie together Star Wars and um, the, the Lord of the Rings uh, by bringing us back to the Lego movie mm. uh, games because there are loads of them. But none of them are bad. Like, and some of them are really, like, the Hobbit ones are great. And the Lord of the Rings ones are great. The Indiana Jones ones are great. Uh, what is the appeal of them? Because Lego's a construction toy to me, and I, I used to live for it when I was a kid. I, st- yeah. I still really like it. Um, but I don't, like, what? Mind you, the Lego movie wasn't about building things, and that was hilarious. So. But yeah, can you sell it to me? Because I've never quite got what they are. Well, first of all, the Le- there is a game of the Lego movie, which is rubbish. Oh, um, weirdly. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so don't get that. But um, the the Lego Star Wars, Lego. I think Lego Indiana Jones is probably my favorite, but they're just basically like really good kind of action platformers um, where you also like, I don't know, I like... I'd say there's 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 an ingenuity to seeing how they've built certain sets out of virtual Lego or how they've attempted to translate complex films into Lego, especially in the cutscenes, where because mm. without voices, you know, they have to, you know, there's like an it's it's almost like they've they've turned all these films which you're so familiar with into like weird silent movies. Um, where everything has to be told with sight gags. So, from a nerdy point of view, that's sort it, of, that's part of the appeal. Is it the same sort of pleasure you get listening to a very well executed but unusual cover version of a song you know really well? <laughs> yeah, and I think also it does it. the The Lego ness of the Lego is really good as well. Like it makes exactly the right noise. Oh, the studs! And... Whoever made the sound effect for the studs. 
and whoever worked out how many studs should be stuffed in something for it to be satisfying when you shatter it yeah. is really amazing. Sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I thought what? you meant it in like muscly men. Oh, I, <laughs> I am. That's what I am talking about. Yeah, yeah. The muscle like, men make exactly the right sound. <laughs> and you have to figure <laughs> Oh yeah, <sighs> the plastic studs, the pla- the little the they're called studs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the little thing. <laughs> oh Jesus! So I'm very chaotic <laughs> this week. I'm very chaotic. Um, but they're also really fun. They're they're funny, like genuinely that. Um, but in like a very family friendly way, so you wouldn't have to do like a a you know lords of bedtime or lords of nap time kind of yeah. retcon. I, I, I like that they are like the combat is the simplest thing in the world. So it just happens very quickly and, and it's over. And then there's platforming and there's puzzles and a bit of exploring. And that actually fits most films quite well because films aren't all combat, combat, combat. You know, they you know it it lets you kind of explore the environments. They've spent all this time building famous film locations, and then by putting a little bit of puzzly, very light puzzly stuff in them, they. Uh, you know, you're just given a reason to explore them, um, which is neat. I also think they, they by having like the whole cast, because it's literally like every character in the film is playable, mm. tends to be the vibe. Like they feel like like a really complete bit of fan service. Also, it means there's no pressure on like any one character to be particularly deep. Like each character does like three things and that's it. And that's actually what most film characters are like. You know, <laughs> I, I've, 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 uh, got a half written have you played as alice will know uh, long overdue on uh lego marvel 2 because it's got like the best video game superman because it boils him down to he can fly he can cool stuff down which is good for puzzles and he can burn stuff with his eyes and he can look through walls and that's really all he can do and he's invincible which all characters are in lego basically um and it just feels like the best way of doing Superman is in that Lego game. Is uh, he in a Marvel game? Oh, did I say Marvel? Oh, oh Batman, Iron Man, Lego Batman, sorry. Oh, DC Batman, yeah. superheroes, yeah. Oh, I saved you from the comment section. Oh, there, God, sorry. That was a, they've made so many of them. Uh, but it goes for the Marvel thing as well. Like, I think where lots of people would struggle to make a, you know, a 20 hour game about the Hulk interesting, playing is like 10 minutes of the Hulk in the whole campaign of Avengers yeah. is just the right amount of Hulk. Um, Vitamin H. That's a quote for the box. Just the right just amount. Just the right amount of Hulk. And that like stuff like um, Indiana Jones is scared of snakes. So if little Lego Indiana Jones goes near a snake, he'll start like wobbling his knees and put his hands in front of his face and you can't do anything with him while you're too close to it. Or like um, in the... What's the thing that Arwen gives the light of the thing that scares the big spider in Lord of the Rings? Oh, the the um the sort of glowing Capri Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Um if you get if you get you could, that's that's an object you can use in the Lego Lord of the Rings. And if you get it out, it's like, it kind of is like a little disco thing, a disco light, and, and it makes other characters dance and they each have a different slightly different dance animation, I think. How does Gameplay like dance? I can't remember. Sorry. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, they are good. They're on. They're they're honestly really good. And like, 
pretty consistently good as well, considering how yeah. many of them they've made. They've actually taken the foot off the gas the last couple of years. There hasn't been one for a while, it feels. Yeah, I wonder if they're sort of considering their next move because they've done Marvel, they've done the Star War. Maybe they're doing. They're going to do the the more recent Star Wars. Well, they are. There is, isn't it? The next one is the. Isn't it like the entire, like every, all nine Star Wars films? All Star Wars. Yeah, I think. Um, you can in in the Star Wars: The Force Awakens. You can play as BB-8, and when you're on a sand planet, you can do like an art attack, big drawing of a willy in the sand by rolling around as BB-8, which nice. is very pleasing. So. Maybe they're just working on the most ambitious ever project. Uh, um, a translation of the entire Saw franchise. <laughs> <laughs> now that that would be something. Like doing the entire Ken Loach back catalogue. Yeah. <laughs> Lars von Trier, Lego. <laughs> Actually, the thing is, they could do anything, and it would—I'd I'd love to see them do like a, a game of like we're going to do fifty micro levels based on loads of like art house films. So you know, or like here's a level from Pulp Fiction, here's a level from Dogville, here's a level from Remains of a Day. You know, just <laughs> d- do all the weird stuff you'd never do. Loads of adults would buy it just to go. Oh man, you've got to see this. It's hilarious. They've done. You know, wait until you. They've done Muriel's wedding as a Lego game. <laughs> that would be phenomenal, actually. Yeah. But they it, will, it will never happen. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it could work as a party game, like the old WarioWare things. Yeah. Like, you know, a five-second game where you're in one flew over the cuckoo's nest <laughs> trying to rip a sink out of the ground by button mashing <laughs> and stuff like that. That would be really good. I would love to see, like, the a Lego Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. Ooh. That would be good. Like, a, you know, they do like all the Indiana Jones films. They should do like Cats, oh. uh, Fat of the Opera, like oh, Jesus Christ Superstar, all the weird ones. All the weird ones. Joseph. Why don't they just do like Lego Bible? Well, that'd be quite good, yeah. Someone's probably pitched that at some point and they've gone, can we? Should we? Oh, there was that website back in like the early 2000s, wasn't there? Where someone did like, and it was a coffee table book. They recreated Bible scenes out of Lego, um, but in a sort of a lighthearted way. It was really good. It's one one of the things that always, like whenever I think of the Lego games, I think of how many actors now have a Lego version of themselves because of those games. And it's absolutely (laughs) crazy. Like, Like the idea that there's like a Lego Ian McKellen, but also the idea that there's a... Lego Vince Vaughn because he was in The Lost World, which is the, and it's Lego <laughs> Jurassic Park. Like the idea of Lego Vince Vaughn is just that's uh, just a great a great thing. <laughs> that is cracking, isn't it? They must have a hard time getting considering the number of sort of average sized, clean shaven white men yeah. with normal faces who are in films. Like differentiating a lot of these. Lego yeah. versions. It's got to be quite tough. They, Especially like in films where the, you know, the action heroes just wear like your generic action clothes. Yeah. But then there are also days where you get like a, you know, Pete Postlethwaite in Lost World and you're like, yes, results yeah. are good and I can have fun with this. Oh, ooh, I was ooh, thinking ooh. about Pete Postlethwaite in The Lost World the other day. He was amazing. I'm never not thinking about Pete Postlethwaite. 
He's, he's a genuinely like, oh, I really miss him. He was so, I was so, you know, you could just imagine some of the things he'd be doing now. Yeah. It's great presence. Mm. He shot a Tyrannosaur, IRL. No, he did. <laughs> he didn't get, he wasn't the one who was eaten by the little ones, was he? No, he was too cool to die. He was. Who was the one who gets eaten by the little chicken ones? Oh, some gazer. Uh, I can't remember. No, that but that's in Lost World, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's all in Lost World. Oh yeah, possibly. Yeah, sorry, I'm mixing up my strange safari men. Like there's a um, there's a Lego William H Macy because it was in Jurassic Park Four or whatever three. <laughs> anyway, let's, we've we've got stuck on Lego. Yeah, what, oh, yeah. Are there any? Uh, what else? Oh, I'll tell you one that um just popped into my head thinking about like dinosaurs smashing each other to bits. Um, the <laughs> So Peter Jackson's King Kong, 2005, yeah. much maligned film. Obviously, I love gorillas and everything to do with them, uh, so I love it. Mostly, though, the middle hour is the best bit because it's just insane fights with dinosaurs and between dinosaurs. And I, just, I, I often have sat down to watch the middle third of King Kong. Um, and the That's- game... <laughs> Of King Kong, uh, it also syncs perfectly to the Dark Side of the Moon, way better than um, uh, Wizard, of Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but it's true. Um, the game of that was phenomenal, like so much better than a straight up tie-in had any right to be. And it was like the middle hour of King Kong, the game. It was kind of like um, a, a sort of a survivally. Uh, you know, it felt like a lot of the survival horror games at the time. There were sort of Turok elements. Um, occasionally, the gameplay would break from your human perspective stuff, and you'd just be Kong for a bit, just having Ooh, really nice. like fluid fist fights with T Rexes. So good. <laughs> Wish I could play it again, but it was like an Xbox thing from years ago. That sounds. Amazing! It's it's the, it's the it's Mr. Rayman, isn't it? It's old um, um, Michel Ansel, I think. It's one of his games, one of his rare non-Raymany ones. It was a banger, I'll tell you that. I'm I'm hoping it's on PC now. A, so it's a legal discussion for this podcast, and B, so I can get it again. <laughs> That's an interesting choice for a Rayman, like for a, a King Kong game. If you're like we're pitching, we want the King Kong license. We want to make a King Kong game. Who are we going to get to do it? Mr. Rayman. Mm. What do King Kong and Rayman have in common as protagonists? Uh, pathos. Um, yeah, I mean, Big Rayman hands was. and feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, there was there was something I was going to bring up and it's completely gone out of my head, which is really useful. Sorry, um, I, I, I was going to give a shout out to Blade Runner, uh, the excellent uh, point and click game from 1997, made by uh, Westwood. Not an, a direct adaptation. It sort of runs. I'm pretty sure it runs in parallel with the film. So, like, you are another Blade Runner investigating some other replicants while Harrison Ford's doing his thing. Um, and I think there's some cameos in it from some of the people in the films. I think you you meet um, 
there's that uh, who's the guy there's like the guy who makes the eyes and i think you i think jf sebastian's in it as well um but quite quite an interesting one like at the time i didn't really understand it because i was really into point and click games and this you know has all the the shape of a point and click adventure but it also has this strange real time element where the story can branch in various ways and other characters in the world are also doing things which can impact like the outcomes you get, I think is, is the idea. Um, it's something I really need to go back to and explore now that I've got, a you know, my brain's a bit more with it. Uh, Cause when I played it at the time, it was just like, wow, this looks like Blade Runner, but I'd always get the shit endings. Cause I was just terrible at it. Um, you it's cool that games intersect with the film plots, though. Like, they don't just follow them, but they give you something sort of parallel that's, you know, considered to be canon, I suppose. If you're really into the sort of the world of the film, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, see, it was, it, it was neat. I mean, it, it kind of... If it, if it has a flaw, it's that it, it kind of hinges on the, the big kind of question that Blade Runner does as well. It's all a little bit like, is the main character also a replicant? So it's kind of retreading some old ground um but in terms of the actual fantasy of like cutscenes of flying through all those mad buildings and the um the computer enhanced machine there's a lot of enhancing photos um which is really cool um yeah it's a good it's a good game like a great mood piece in terms of actually like capturing the atmosphere of the of the films and the tone of it um i'd say it's one of the stronger stronger attempts Oh, and King Kong was on PC. So that's good news all round. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I did want to briefly mention the Ghostbusters video game from, I mean, there have been several, but um, there was um, one that was, I think it was like a PS4, maybe it was PS4, PS3, PS3 makes more sense, launch game. It was called just Ghostbusters video game um, from... 2009? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember other mags covering it when I was on. Yeah, um, and it, it's got a particular place in my heart because for whatever reason, the, um, the save was broken on it, so I couldn't save it. So oh. I had to like... <laughs> I basically had to try and finish the game in one go without turning off the PlayStation. Um, and I never managed it. I got what, to like the last cool feature. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Mandatory Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got to like the last bit so many times uh, and then just either was too tired or got frustrated at the last bit and turned it off and then we turned it back on again. It was just from the start again, but it had like, it had like the proper cast I think right. wasn't it sort of semi-based on Dan Aykroyd's script for what he wanted to do as Ghostbusters 3, I think. I think that was a thing. That rings a bell, yeah. Like, there was at one point a film doing the rounds of like, we're going to do Ghostbusters 3 and I think it was like Ghostbusters Go to Hell or something. And then I think it got turned into the game, I think. Yeah, oh, hang on, let me, I've pulled up the Wikipedia here. Which is why they managed uh, to get all the everyone back in in for it, because it was, like, legit. Yeah, I tried it, because it's got, like, it's got Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Harold Ramis, like, d- being themselves. Mm. Uh, 
Hasn't one of them become deeply odd? Um, Dan, well, Aykroyd, um, Dan Aykroyd's quite quite strange. I think he believes it. Like he's a big like <laughs> UFO believer person. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I'm making this up, but he, so he does. He's got his own brand of vodka that is uh, in a skull. Is, is in a skull yeah, bottle, right. which I have drunk several times in my life because it's one of those things that people get as presents all the time because it's like, haha, I got you Dan Aykroyd's vodka. But I'm pretty sure he thinks that his stairmaster is haunted by the ghost of Mama Cass. <laughs> <laughs> really? How would he not sing when he, when he, I don't know. Hang on, let me look this up because this was years ago that he said this in uh, an interview, I think. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd's Haunted Stairmaster is a hell of a band name. <laughs> I always get I think I always get Dan Aykroyd a bit confused with Noel Edmonds seeing his parents as balls of light. They I kind of they I think there's a similar thing. Yeah, you I know. mean Noel Edmonds is actively malevolent though, whereas Dan Aykroyd just seems just odd. I can respect uh, that. Uh hang on, so I found a variety article from 2007 uh about a house um that i think it looks like he's he's he used to rent out if you want to stay okay hang on um and it says uh dan Aykroyd, uh mr Aykroyd, a man with huge and well-known fascination of all things paranormal claims himself the house is inhabited by apparitions stating a poltergeist has gotten into bed with him turned on the stairmaster and moved jewelry across the dresser he also said i'm sure it's mama cass because you get the feeling it's a big ghost <laughs> <laughs> hashtag big ghost hashtag big ghost well if you've seen the documentary casper you'll know that there are big and thin and fat ghosts so it's true. Uh, oh, it's good. Well, okay, so it was. It was. What do you zone. call a really fat ghost? A, a flabbergast. Oh, very good. So uh, I'm, I'm not fat shaming any ghosts. It's, it's, I've always wondered so what the term meant. I, uh, I have. Okay, so it turns out that Dan Aykroyd's house at the time it was once owned by Cass Elliot, so it's not <laughs> right. It's not just that he was like. It's a big ghost. Yeah, I know. Therefore, it's Mama Cass. It'd be weirder if, like, I thought Mama Cass was haunting my house in Bath because she's not here. It's It's unlikely, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, But her own house. uh, Okay, so that's a nice, a nice bit of info about Dan Aykroyd. I don't know if he he still believes it, but uh, yeah. I just um, want to take back what I said about Noel Edmonds, by the way. I've just I've done quite a lot of quite uh, edgy tweets about him and Mr. Blobby over the years. And now with this, I'm just worried at some point I'm going to come to his attention. And I'm already worried enough about Statham, so I don't need other powerful enemies, especially <laughs> not ones who can, like, curse me by putting a matchbox of frozen piss under their pillow. <laughs> oh, I've done it again. I'm slandering Edmonds. <laughs> Isn't he like a, a pet psychologist or something now? And he'll ring up your pet and tell you what's wrong with it or something. Yeah, I think he tells your dog to do more work and stuff, doesn't he? <laughs> Maniac. Uh, uh, okay, well, I think it's time to uh, enter the Cavern of Lies this week. 
Do you want to follow me down? The cavern of lies. One day we'll get an actual sting for that. But that was very good. Thank you very much. Um, So, as you enter the cavern this week, uh, you see me dressed, yeah, dressed like the old knight in, in... the Last Crusade. Oh, yeah. oh, you'd look sick. That's a great outfit for you. Thank you. Uh, and I'm standing next to a table, much like he was, uh-huh. but rather than it being full of different cups, such as Jesus might have drank out of, it's covered with game boxes. And uh, as you get closer, you note that they're all from movie tie-in games. Hmm. So this week, your your job is uh, to pick out... The one Christ would have played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would have played Lego Dogville. It's <laughs> 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 um, uh, to pick out, um, pick out the one that is a lie. Oh, okay. From that, so rather than do them individually, I think I'm going to try. This might be a complete oh, failure, right? But we're going nice. to talk. It's a we're cluster of lies. So, yeah, so we're going to talk through them, and you've got to pick out the uh, the true. Can you keep uh, sorry, doing sorry, the, you the, got, the scene setting as well? Um, yeah, sure. Like, can you describe it all in the universe you've just set up? Because I'm really into it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So yeah, you've got to pick out the lie out of these. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to reach for a, uh, what should I reach for first? I'm going to show, I'm going to pick out a, uh, a, a PC DVD box uh-huh. that has, uh, Keanu Reeves on the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cyberpunk 2017, <laughs> everyone. Uh, and you see that this is the, uh, the video game tie-in for the uh, the film Constantine, the 2005 superhero film uh, adaptation of the comic where they ch- change uh, Constantine, the Liverpudlian uh, uh, sort of magician slash... Um, con man into uh, a handsome New York Keanu Reeves uh, Catholic exorcist. Um, it was uh, quite a shift, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a shift, yeah. Do you think it was just um, because he couldn't do the accent? or Maybe. I will remind you that it has, uh, it also stars Shia LaBeouf. What? Yeah, he's the cab driver in it. My God. I know, yeah. And Rachel Weiss as the love what? interest. I don't remember this. Yeah, so, yeah and it had Tilda and Til- Swinton as God in it, didn't it? Tilda Swinton as Gabriel and Peter Stormare as uh as Satan. Oh, Peter Stormare, he's the one who gets eaten by the little ones in Lost World. Oh, there oh, we yeah. go. Yeah, there you go. We've gone full circle. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> well done. There you go. Right. Um Can, so are, are we to ask you questions about this game? Please do. What kind of game is it? What genre? I would say it's a it's a third person action adventure. Um, 
it's uh it's kind of think sort of like ps2 era kind of chunky graphics right. um it's i'm assuming it's got like a full keanu likeness in it i would say i mean that's not necessarily how i'd describe it it sort of looks like um it's a it, it kind of looks like maybe if Keanu Reeves had put like uh, a stocking over his face as if he was going to do a bank robbery and then covered it in Vaseline. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not, it's interesting because it's not like, it's not a direct adaptation of like the, the events of the film. Right. They've sort of done like, uh, a kind of um, uh, their own, like their own story, starring but starring explicitly starring that character. Right. Um, to do, he he learns that like demonic animals are crossing into the world. Whoa! And <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on, games, Methuselah. Yeah. What, what sort of animals? What like a kangaroo with a pointy red tail? Uh, what well, I mean, I haven't played it, so. Oh, I guess but, you have been in this the cave. Is the, this is the cla- like, as a as a like relatively gifted liar. I know a liar's trick when when I hear one, and and the old here. I know the information up to the point where I haven't played it. That feels like. Well, should, should we meet the rest? I think maybe, you know, if Methuselah then reveals, like, you <laughs> yeah. know, I, that, that yeah, Lego be, human centipede, then... That, that, feels like right. an, that does feel like an era where lots of movies were being turned into games, but I also don't remember it, and I remember the film quite well, reasonably well. All right, all right, well, uh, what should we do next? Okay, uh, how about Fight Club? I'll pick up a... Another another book from a similar era, uh, two thousand and five. Although this is I'm cheating a little bit because this wasn't on PC, um, right? So this is a PS two box. Can you describe uh, the box for us? Yeah, so it's got the uh, the Fight Club soap in a dish, um, mm. uh, and then it has uh, just a sort of little montage of. Tyler Durden. It, I know of. this. This this sounds like a stupid question, but like, I it can't just be. Is, is it a fighting game? It is a fighting game. So it was. Mm. Let's and I want to sort of nail down the timeline on this. So like, the novel came out in '96, the film came out in '99, and then in 2004, Oof. Vivendi were like. Right. Now is the time for a fighting game. Fight Club is back, baby. Let's yeah. make a game. That sounds about as weird as Minecraft doing their Jurassic World DLC like two weeks ago. <laughs> Was it just in development hell for ages? or? Uh, I mean, probably. It's but I don't so, have that information. That's, like, that's, it, it's too classy a film. It's too classy. It's too... It, it's got like... It's directed by an auteur, and there's no way that an auteur would allow a shit fighting game to be made of his film, surely. Uh, well, look, I could tell you some more stuff about it. So it's got, um, it, it has a cast of your favourites. 
So it's got, you know, uh, Robert Paulson, who is who is played by Meatloaf in it, although I think I'm pretty sure they just use his lines from it. Uh, it's got Lou, it's got Jack, uh, it's got Tyler Durden, obviously. Um, and then it it's uh it's got it's got Marla in it. It's got Helen and Bob Carter in it. Not as a playable character. Yeah. She uh, can fight. I think so. I didn't think um, she did any fights in the film. Well, maybe they were like, we want a go. I, I mean, I, I may be corrected by someone who's more familiar with it. Um, and uh, it's got a story mode as well, um, built around an OC who they didn't bother to give a name, uh, who joins Fight Club after a bad breakup. Um, and then just by, by, you basically like win fights to become Tyler Durden's right hand man. Um, I don't know what happens if you do a fight between Tyler Durden and Jack. I don't know if they deal with the interesting <laughs> the meta interesting. of that. Uh, but very excitingly, if you win story mode, it unlocks Fred Durst, lead singer of Limp Bizkit, as a playable character. Oh, now what? come on! This is this is the demon kangaroo of this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the, this oh, is the old this tactic. Is clever, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a good tactic. Is add something so incredibly daft it, it <laughs> couldn't be a, a fabrication. Like why like would making you... a perfect martini then just staring your customer in the eye, cracking an egg into it, and saying "lol." Why would you torpedo it like that? Mm. Fred Durst in two thousand and. What year was this, sorry? It's 2004. Well, Do you I not think that Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit would be a natural addition to Fight Club? But I'm not certain not... he would be. I thought the soundtrack to Fight Club, that didn't have any Limp Bizkit on it. That was the Dust Brothers, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't Do you know, know. I remember the scene where, where, where Ty the Durden smashes his head into a wall in time to keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Methuselah, you're digging yourself a canyon here, mate. That not mm. even Indiana Jones could leap of faith his way over. Well, let's move on. Okay. Um, uh, I've realised that these are all from like the same era, which is an issue. Um, it's classic. A classic era. Uh, Charlotte's Web from 2006. What, uh, it's the book about the spider? Yeah, it's a it's a tie-in with the uh, live-action uh, film, not the animation, which is arguably the better and more classic one. Um, it's there was a, it's weird because the PC version was different. It was subtitled Wilbur and Friends, um, so like the the DS and Game Boy Advance versions had like um, a kind of Nintendo's pet simulator bit but to for it. a spider. No, for the pig. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want a game where you have to ra- raise a spider. Uh, and then the Windows version has like some mini games based around the characters in the film, which is like, some of them are quite bleak actually. So like there's one where you play a rat and you're, roll, you're like in a, in a pipe and you're running away from a rotten egg that's chasing, that's rolling behind you like Indiana Jones. Is that bleak? Um, that sounds rad. Uh, yeah, I'd say like I'd say bleak too. is you play a rat and you have to like bite a child's face. <laughs> like, like, that <laughs> would be a child's face mini game. <laughs> that would be a bleak <laughs> mini game. <laughs> <laughs> but like running away from an egg, that's quite kooky. 
Um, uh, there's one where you're you are Charlotte and you have to like move up and down from like between the ceiling and floor, um, collecting things. I can't remember. They're like I think just glowing MacGuffins, whilst avoiding birds that are flying across the screen trying to mm. eat you. Well, the birds try and eat the pig. No, the spider. That's Charlotte. Keep up. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not about a pig that can spin webs. God. It's a Sega Sega game. Sega made a Charlotte's Web game. They made it on the DS, the Game Boy Advance, and the PC. In 2006. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. This sounds like something I'd crank out in a game of um, Game Dev Tycoon. All right. All right. Uh, What else have I got? I've done that one. Done that one. Uh, All right. Small Soldiers. German Small Soldiers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it had its moments. Yeah, so Small Soldiers is an odd one because it's had several games um, made of it and many of them sort of disappeared from from the annals of history. So there's an action game that's called Small Soldiers, but I, I want to talk about Small Soldiers Squad Commander, which is actually a tactical squad-based game where you play as either the Commando Elite, everything else is just a toy, or is the Gorgonites? Uh, I'm Archer, you... emissary of the Gorgonites. That was yeah. his name. There you yeah. go. Oh, he knows his stuff. That's well, that's mm. the film that taught me the word emissary. Um, and I said that to, I said that to the director Joe Dante on 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 Twitter once, and he was and he gave it a like. So that is a nice. good moment. Claim yeah. fame. Yeah. Um, I told Duncan so... Jones I like Warcraft. He liked that. Nice. I, I I liked Warcraft. I went to Mark Commode, bizarrely, is a real champion of the Warcraft movie, and I went to a screening of it at the Prince Charles Cinema, which then had a Q&A hosted by Mark Commode um, with Duncan Jones and his long-term producing partner afterwards. And it was really good up until the last question, because Mark Commode was like, we've got time for one more question. And he unfortunately picked a real f***ing, like... Warcraft nerd who was like, did you consider including the High Dragon in oh, the furnace? Oh, for God's sake. Read the room, dweeb. Yeah. Oh, great film, though. Um, yeah. If it had been made in the 80s, it would be a cult hit. Yeah, agreed. So. Anyway, yeah, Small Soldier Squad Commander. So you you pick a, a squad of your... um of yeah, You bet you have like a toy box, basically, as your... um your uh, sort of unit generator and then you can pick from the different units to then overcome the obstacles. And each level is weird because it wasn't exactly isometric, it was sort of top down. And each level has is, is like uh, a room uh, and so the, the obstacles are sort of human-sized uh, and you have like guns and traps that are like tennis balls on fire that explode and stuff. Uh, and... You know, so kind you of have like Desperados meets Micro Machines is what you're telling me. Sort of, yeah. And you have like, because they do different things. So like you've got your sort of scout ones, you've got your explosives and your, your heavy hitters and your tanks and that. Um, it sounds you, good. It sounds like a thing that should exist. You mm. can't find it anywhere. Like you can't buy it anywhere. It's not on any digital storefronts. It is a mystery. Well, even when it, at the time of release. Well, at the time of release, you could, but it was right. at the time of release. It was um, it was the nineties, I think. Oh, it must have been a box um, game. 
So I'm just going to say, this is how I excused like 90% of my fictional games when I, I did a book of them. Like, <laughs> oh, you can't find it anymore. It's the oldest, oldest trick in the book for game inventors. Methuselah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this is the problem. This is like one of those murder mysteries where every suspect has an incredibly compelling <laughs> piece of evidence. <laughs> well, I've got one left. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, do you remember an American tale? Yes. Five. About the mice. Yeah. Five will goes west. Was, oh no, that's the second that's one. Sequel. Yeah. The sequel. So, um, the 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 first one is an American tale, um, which was about uh, it was a, a comedy drama by Don Bluth. Um, and it's about a family of mice um, coming to America, Fievel Maskowitz, um, and they dream of freedom and they, you know, they sing There Are No Cats in America and the streets are paved with cheese. Um, so that came out in 1986. Right, yeah. In 2007. <laughs> Go on. 2007. Uh, an American Tale video game was released. Right. Uh, <laughs> that was like a, a dad being informed. Yeah. Of of some bad news. <laughs> dad, I've just bought a dog for us. Right. Two thousand seven. Um, and uh, it it it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. So, you know, six huge missions. Uh, you get to relive the film. You fly a, fly on the back of a pigeon. Um, you escape from the cats on a roller skate in, in a sewer. Uh, God, this has got all the conviction of a dog ate my homework. <laughs> like the, you have bedeviled us here because this, I mean, this is... I'd be offended with myself if I believed this. Steer Fievel inside a bubble, you know, mm. four four bonus levels, but the bonus levels are sort of just repeating some of the six huge missions. Oh, but this is a real bother because now it sounds like she's sort of summarising things from a list of features. Yeah. The structure of this is not the structure of bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, I mean, it's so like the standout for me is the escape from cats aboard a roller skate thing, which is sort of like it's supposed to be kind of a downhill racing thing in a sewer, but um, it controls like legendarily badly um, because so first of all, if you run out of momentum, you will just stop because <laughs> uh, there are like speed bumps in it. And sometimes some of them you can't go over. And also the controls, like the directional controls, are orientated to the tunnel, not to the roller skate. So if you turn more than 90 degrees, the controls flip. That is, then, so, that is such a specific point. <laughs> and, then, and then as you're trying to turn back, if you manage to turn back most of the way to the front again, the controls flip again. So... <laughs> Uh, oh no! This is getting realer and realer. 
It, but the thing is, it's so much more real than the other ones. It's like someone's constru- like it's like Alice has worked extra hard on this one because it's the fake one. So she's really gone to town on it, or she's taken another game and she's basically reskinning it with her lies. Uh, I so was thinking the latter. Yeah, that's my that's my my guess. So we'll go through again. So Cons- Constantine. That sounds shit and boring enough to be true, I think. Yeah, Fight. I think that's real. <laughs> Fight Club. That's a tricky one. Uh, Charlotte's Web. Small Soldier Squad Commander and An American Tale. See, I think I think Small Soldiers is real because I've got I actually have a I, I want to say I have a memory of that game, but then if it turns out to be a lie, I'm gonna look mad. But I I swear. No, I feel like I read a magazine double page spread about. Yeah, that. or I played a demo of it on a front of PC Gamer or something. I just feel like that's because yeah. But I don't know if I'm this gonna... is so stressful. I, I I mean, I'm almost hoping it's a whole ha ha. Christ played none of these games. <laughs> well, which one would Christ have played? Like, let's think about the scenario. But are we saying, that, Christ, but are we saying that Christ only plays real games? Uh, no, Christ only plays made-up games. Um, right. But in the movie, Jesus's mug was the very simple one. Like, it was the the least ostentatious choice. I mean, I do like that you're using the framing as, but I didn't put any I, thought into the framing. I don't know. I, I, I worry about applying Last Crusade logic to something which isn't Last Crusade. Um, like you're right. Like if if like Fred Durst is a playable character is is <laughs> is quite ostentatious. That isn't that isn't the humble I, cup of a carpenter. Um, I know I'm I know I'm cackling, but Im- imagine me. Standing stoically to one side, leaning on the cross guard of my enormous. The knight, sword. the knight is actually like he, he plays that whole thing quite well, doesn't he? In the scene, because he doesn't give anything away. Like he's very his poker face is excellent, considering oh, yeah. he knows what's going to happen if you drink from the wrong cup. But like, he must be excited by that. <laughs> what do you think he's secretly getting off on the people that have? Well, no, but like if you're if you're stuck in that room and it's so quiet most of the time. Yeah, true. And then every once in a while someone turns up and you're like, oh, I hope they drink from the wrong cup. That's going to be awesome. Well, because uh, he's got literally no other entertainment as well. Yeah, yeah so he true. wants to see you melt. Oh, I'd like to play Crusader Kings 3 with him, actually. He'd <laughs> have I, good anecdotes. I just... I, I, think, I think the fake game is an American tale because it, I think it... it I, I think you've re I think you've like reskinned like Ratatouille or something because <laughs> <laughs> it also has a mouse in it or something like that. That's what I think you've done here. Uh, yeah. But I just don't know why you'd returned. Like American Tale was not a hot property in two thousand seven. Like, <laughs> just... yeah, actually, let's just think about this from a financial point of view. Who would green like that? <laughs> Unless like it's uber budget, like. You know, it's like some tiny publishing house in Europe happens to have one license, and it's American Tale. You know, okay. But if you're if you're picking American Tale, you're saying that Fred Durst is an unlockable character in a Fight Club fighting that, game. Is real? A Fight Club fighting game just feels like something that 
one, unlikely. The fact that it came late, I couldn't see it releasing alongside the film. I don't think David Fincher would allow that. But uh, like five years later, maybe. Also, the, the thing is fishy that Methuselah is trying to steer you away. It's like if in the movie, be like, oh, Indy, you sure? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, wood's really, uh, really hard to disinfect, and Jesus was very cleanly <laughs> being next to God and all. So, why, why don't you go for that nice, nice rhinestone mug? <laughs> I, yeah, it's got to be Firefall's Firefall's big real time strategy or whatever. So you find Lanza. Yeah. Oh, well, let's do a sweaty close-up on our faces to build some okay. tension, and then our hands all reach trembling towards each other and hold. Uh, no, sorry, grab the game. All right. Well. You're... Ooh la la. You begin melting. Oh, <laughs> shit. Your, your, your face is... Blasting away, yeah. You have, that, you have that two seconds where you're like, I got the right one, and then yeah. you feel it in your gut, something has gone wrong. I well, actually I had that you. as well, because I forgot which item. <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> I was like, yes, we did it. Oh, wait, no, it's nice. Although, actually, I will, I'll, I'll get, I can't, the analogy falls apart here, actually. I'll, I will bring you back to life with Christ's real cup, because I did cheat, because, in fact, they are all real. <laughs> Oh. No. no! They're all real. I know, that was quite cruel of me, wasn't it? But It was that's literally the, the opposite of what I suspected. That's the equivalent of the knight hiding the wooden cup. Like, you're just doomed. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're doomed. Well, look, you I was, I've, been, I've been very bored down in the, the Cavern of Lies, so... <laughs> My God. Sorry, but I couldn't resist. You've taken the basically... to the next level. Well, my plan was genuinely to make one up, but then, like, all the ones I found were so unlikely. <laughs> oh. That's good. That's good. Yeah, well, well done. I don't think I can ever trust the Cavern of Lies again. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's the Cavern. That's oh. the Cavern, right. Good- Goodbye, my friends. You have da, chosen da, poorly. We're going to get copyright struck for that. <laughs> We've run on a little bit because we've got so excited talking about uh, Lego games. We probably don't have time to talk about how awful the Assassin's Creed film is, but um, it's really bad. Uh, <laughs> Destroyed in seconds. Oh, it is. So bad. And, and the best thing about it is that clearly like everyone in it is like, oh, so, well, no, I, I've, I'll sign off for it because it's, uh, it's, it's you know really popular. It's going to be a big franchise. Like they, they left the ending open they wanted to do more brendan gleason's in it for god's sake <laughs> wait oh i'll give brendan fraser very now different that, position i mean an extra recommendation this week is to read the profile on brendan fraser that came out a couple of years ago it's really good um uh so yeah we'll do recommendations now uh Matthew, what do you have to recommend this week? Uh, I don't think I recommended it before, but stop me if I have. Uh, the TV show Perry Mason. Have I have yeah. I recommended this? I don't I think, think I so. Um, it's a gritty reboot of famed television lawyer Perry Mason. Uh, HBO, so they've added horrible stuff and swears. Um, 
And it weirdly, when they first announced it, everyone, their advert, it, it looked like he was going to be a private detective, which is odd because Perry Mason is famously yeah. a defense attorney. Um, but it's sort of the first series is sort of the origins of him becoming a defense attorney, um, which which I thought was actually when you, it sounds daft is actually really, really good. Um, and it's played by Matthew Reese the Welsh actor who was in The Americans, and he is... Ah, which he, you have recommended before. Yeah, and he is very, very charming in it. He's he And it's got John Lithgow as his boss, and it's great. It's like a TV show of LA Confidential. It's that kind of era. LA looks incredibly expensive. It's a really good mystery. All the characters are good. Um, I'm pumped for more Perry Mason. Pumped for Perry. I am pumped for Perry. That's what I. That's a little badge I'm going to wear. Excellent. <laughs> um, I am going to recommend a TV show as well, which I've just started watching. Uh, called it's finished. It wrapped up last year. Seven seasons of it. Um, but I've started watching it. It's called Once Upon a Time, which is. Oh my um, god, Ashley's obsessed with that. Oh, good. So it is ridiculous. Like it. The the it's sort of. Um, uh, what's the the Telltale series that everyone liked? Wolf Among Us. It, yeah, so it's all Wolf Among Us. Basically, like all this, the um, the story, the fairy tale characters you know were cursed to live in Maine, <laughs> right? In 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 our world where there are no happy endings, and um, they don't have any memory of who they are, and they've just sort of been in limbo for ages. But um, before they all got cursed, Snow White and her husband managed to send their child to our world um, uh, to escape the curse. And she's just grown up for the last 28 years or so. Um, And uh, is now, she's, for convoluted reasons I won't go into, is in the town. And she's sort of like saving everyone's personal problems in the town kind of our world sort of things and helping people remember but then in parallel you see like what happened in the before times when they were all fairy tale characters and it's so ridiculous like describing things that happen in it are amazing like and and the 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 like the way they do like the real life version counterparts of the story characters are like so like Jiminy Cricket is like the town therapist I can't bear him Really? Well, he's he's uh, Raphael Sparge. He's a, um, a video game voice actor. Um, so he's not a in he's effects. not a cricket. He's a man. Well, in the fairy tale world, he is a cricket, and then in the real world, he became a man. Oh, again. I see. Uh, and he's the therapist, and they're all Captain all... Bloody Hook. I is Ca- I'm on the first series. I don't know about Captain Hook. Oh, mate! <laughs> Just I mean... get out now. <laughs> While you still can. No, it's so good. It's so there's such a series of heightened events. So like this is a, a like right now that Snow real world Snow White is suspected of tearing out someone's heart and putting it in her jewelry box and is in prison because of it. Oh and like, you have no idea what you're headed towards. Uh Robert Carlyle is in it as Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's so it just like describing the plot of Once Upon a Time to Anyone makes you sound like a fan fiction writer. It's 
But are they just normal people with silly names, or do they actually have the traits of their? Fo- well, no, they. So they, it, the metaphors are very literal. They don't. They they don't have like they have like normal-ish names, but like really obvious. So like the evil queen is called Regina. Um, and oh, like, I see. Um, She's quite sexy, actually. In fact, she is quite sexy. Um, and the uh, the the mirror mirror on the wall is uh he's called like Sydney Glass and he's a reporter for the Storybrook Mirror paper kind of thing. Oh, and this, like this little, sounds, little Red Riding Hood. Sounds is, atrocious. <laughs> it's amazing. It's little Red Riding Hood is called Little Red Riding Hood is called Ruby. It's uh, it's 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 so silly but so much fun. Uh, and uh, I like uh, that the, before you watch this, you were watching The Sopranos. Is that not a bit of a culture shock going from one to the other? It has been well, a change. Well, no, because yeah. Paulie Walnut shows up in Series 5 and it, it gets really, <laughs> really, really violent. <laughs> it just shows up with a socket wrench. To <laughs> just, just to shut, shut this nonsense down. <laughs> just wax Peter Rabbit. Like... <laughs> So uh, I'm going to recommend Once Upon a Time. Screw you, uh, Nate. <laughs> uh, okay, if any listener who feels really like doing a boring task for probably no acknowledgement, um, <laughs> can someone please collate everything I've recommended so far for the RPS fish tank? Because uh, I want to get this right. I don't want to repeat myself and... Uh, so this week I'm going to use my cop out and just say water. Um, <laughs> At last. Th- those fish will be getting thirsty by now. Um, but because that is a bit of a shit recommendation, really, um, I'll also do an actual thing I've consumed that's Ooh. not a game. Meat. No. <laughs> 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 uh, the It's um, a, a comic called... Pantheon, uh, the true story of the Egyptian deities by Hamish Steele. Um, if you like a little bit of Egyptology on your biscuit, join this club. Uh, it's beautifully illustrated. Like, oh, well, it's a comic, isn't it? Um, so, of course, it is. But he's got a really, really wonderful um, style that sort of borrows a lot aesthetically from ancient Egyptian art while still being. Uh, very sort of flat colours, sort of modern animation style. It's grand. Uh, it's incredibly well um, sort of researched. It was uh, it was actually recommended to me by John J. Johnston, um, who's an Egyptologist. I would recommend. He's fantastic. I've done uh, I've done research with him for some of my books, and he's he's a lovely. Uh, learned fellow, and he put me onto this, and it's just wicked. Um, you will learn a lot about Egyptian myths, and it's very, very funny. Uh, the front cover is set, uh, the Egyptian god of like nonsense uh, getting kicked in the balls uh, <laughs> by one of the birdhead men. Um, yeah, it's grand. Pantheon, the true story of the Egyptian deities. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Hang on. Sorry. Should be on the ball with that. Nice. There you go. Uh, lovely. Well, thank you very much, uh, listener, for joining us for this episode uh, 108 of uh, the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Um, 
You can go to www.rockpapershotgun.com for all your PC gaming needs. Uh, you can uh, join the Discord um, for further chat about the podcast and uh, playing games and games and and uh, loads of other stuff as well. Uh, you can go to our store, which is uh, teespring.com forward slash store forward slash rockpapershotgun uh, to buy a lovely t-shirt. Uh, and I know I keep saying this, but apparently more merch will be going up soon. Um, uh, we're on Twitter, um, twitter.com at Rock Paper Shot. We are on Facebook. And uh, once again, that PC gaming website is www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, thank you very much for joining me this week, James Bond. No worries. Thank you for having me. Uh, and thank you, Gimli from Star Wars. Aye. That was oh, that was very generic. That wasn't a Gimli specific grunt. Oh, that could have been Sean Connery, James Bond. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was trying to remember the bit that always gets memed, um, where it's like, I could, could you die alongside a friend? And he's like, Yeah, that'll that'll do, pig or whatever. Um, for some reason, I've forgotten the line, and I was going to make it into a Star Wars thing, but I panicked. It was, isn't it? It's. I never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. And then Legolas goes, what about side by side with a friend? And, and then, then they make out. Goes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That. Well, <laughs> what an image to end on. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye.